What's up all you marks out there? It's the veteran Jack Vaughn, the last real professional wrestler, and you're checking out the Three Count Podcast. Welcome everybody to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering, and I'm your host Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up that mountain called wrestling. That's right, but like every good shirt, but you know, by our 200 something episode, I would hope they all would just say with me, I am your shirt, but because like your tribal chief, acknowledge me. But it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. So who's entering the ring today? You catch this person at OVW, at WAR, at WRW, N-S-W-P-W-K-A-A-W-M-B-O-T-B. He is mine. He is yours. He is everybody's veteran. He is the vet, Jack Vaughn. Yes, hello. Thank you for having me. Those I forgot that I had worked for some of those companies, actually. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Listen, I... I'm going to be just kind of like everybody else, right? I caught you on TikTok. I started following you. And uh, I was like, yo, I'm, I love all the stuff that he's doing right now. And I was like, let me reach out because this is a person who legit put out one tweet. And I read it and I was like, yeah, I kind of want to pick his brain a lot. <laughs> so I, uh, I saw the tweet where you were like, uh, how's it? I've been gone for so many years and come back and I'm better than all of you. And I was like, oh. Loop. Follow. <laughs> to this man. That, that, uh, yeah, that one got a lot of love. People seem to like that one. <laughs> Yo, so uh, one, thank you for coming on our show, man. I definitely appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. Hell yeah. So my first question that's always fun to ask, who is Jack Vaughn? Jack Vaughn is an 18-year professional wrestling veteran. He is the last real professional wrestler left in a business that has forgotten the ways of old back when wrestling was perfected. Yeah, it's something I've noticed like in all of your videos and all and even in your matches, right? Like you're not like you you're not a high flyer, right? Everything mm-hmm. stays grounded. You're very technical. I love that aspect of everything that you're that you do in the ring. And then it's just fun to watch your videos where you get to make fun of like some of the indie wrestlers and Obviously, like the the top one that everybody will talk about is uh, the shoulder tackle, which to mm-hmm. me I was like, yeah, I see that way too often. I think it's all hundred percent dumb. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff about. Uh, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it. But there's a lot of stuff about the uh, indie style of wrestling that kind of rubs me the wrong way, and I just felt the need to uh, talk about it and through TikTok. <laughs> well, it's crazy because you know you do get a lot of love with it, but uh, how did mm. you get into the business? So, like most people my age, I'm 37, so I was coming up uh, in high school around the same time that uh, backyard wrestling was a big thing. So, everyone that I knew that was my age, including my wife, actually had her own backyard fed when she was in high school. Um, So, when I was graduating high school, I had a couple of buddies uh, and myself who were all interested in getting trained, and I was at the gym one day, and there was an older gentleman there who knew that I wanted to start getting into wrestling. And he said that he saw an ad in the paper back when newspapers were still a thing that we used regularly. Uh, he saw an ad for the Shark Tank Pro Wrestling Training School, which was a uh, 15-week training camp run by Shark Boy. So I just signed up for that, uh, went through the course, and then, you know, like I said, it was a training camp, so it wasn't a, necessarily a school. It was like lasted about four months, and then from there I started working for some of the uh, other companies in the Cincinnati area. And then it's just kind of grown since then. That's awesome, though. And I, 
I do, I am a fan of Shark Boy, so to see that, you know, I, I'm getting to talk to one of his students. It's kind of it's cool yeah. that uh, he and he and he is still going too. He I see him pop yeah. up on flyers all the time. I I it's crazy to think that you know because like I'm I'm 37 as well, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so like coming up and like growing up in that gold like I call it like the golden era, right? But then also into the attitude era and as well as uh, the aggression mm-hmm. era. When you got to see TNA and you got to see people like Shark Boy, or you know. Let's talk about the OG himself, you know, like from ECW, you're talking about the original gangster. Uh, there's just so much cool wrestling that like gets forgotten about. But more importantly, there's so much technical wrestling that gets lost in, in the art. And you're like, how do we not push so much of like the, the I need to do like 100 moves at one time and really just kind of focus on like, AO, like let's spoon feed everything slowly so that everybody has time to digest and remember how the match was versus like what the finish is. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's something that is really becoming a lost art. And I'm like, we got to get that back. Storytelling in wrestling has really, it, it's, it's not something that a lot of guys do anymore. It's not something that a lot of the young guys were, are being taught to do. It feels like um, that was pretty much what was stressed to me when I was training was, you know, the moves are cool and everything, but if you don't know, the psychology and the story behind your match that moves me nothing. So when I'm talking to young guys, that's what I always try to stress. And, you know, occasionally I'll be in a match with a young guy who wants to do all these spots. And I'm like, we don't need to do all that mainly because I'm not going to remember a lot of the stuff that you want to do. But, uh, but like, you know, I've, I've had some of those young guys come back to me after those matches and be like, that was the best match I've ever had up to this point. And it's like, we didn't do anything crazy. We didn't do a bunch of high spots. We told a simple story that the fans could follow. And, you know, that's that's the kind of wrestling that I like. That's the kind of wrestling that I think still works today. I think it's a, a, a good foundation for wrestling storytelling. Is like that's to me, that's what wrestling is, is psychology, storytelling, and the rest is just, you know, do you know like I said, the move, the moves are great and everything, but if you don't have the story, you're not going to get the fans. Yeah. And there's like a, a, and it's something that like even my trainer has taught me is that there's a place to hit like certain spot or certain moves. Right. So like every, everybody loves throwing down like a four fifty, right. Or they go throw like a six thirty, you know, depending on like how athletic you are. And there's always like a spot to hit it at, but it feels like lately, like when I watch everybody's like, yo, let me throw this in the middle of the match when I'm like, I would have put it here. I don't mm-hmm. understand why you wanted it there, right? Because it was something like, because I like to go back and watch videos like all over YouTube. And one of the things I do love is like Al Snow's interpretation of like just wrestling. And he's like, mm-hmm. once a crowd like, you know, pops, like that's it. Like go home. Like mm-hmm. you can't go any higher. And it's just crazy to think that fans are like, or wrestlers are like, but I got like 18 other things I need to hit in this match before we close. I'm like, but the crowd popped for the first thing. Like, right just just go you won <laughs> like. exactly yeah and that's you know and i think part of that um the reason that that happens is because a lot of the young guys now don't know how to call stuff in the ring um and it took me a while to kind of learn how to do that i really it took me a while to really know how to work rather than wrestle and i think that's something that a lot that is kind of lost on younger wrestlers today is that they're just taught spots and they're taught well, this is where we go from here, and then after that, this is what we do. But like you said, when you get that reaction, that's that's all you need. Like you're not, it's only going to go down from there. You don't need to keep trying to build them up, up, up because you're already at the top. 
now it's time to take it home. Right. So speed of uh like crazy bumps that people are trying to take and stuff like that. What's your worst bump that you've taken? I've been relatively smart my entire career. I've never taken anything too crazy. Like I've never gotten involved in any sort of like hardcore or deathmatch stuff. Um, when I was very young, I'd maybe only been wrestling for a couple of years. Uh, I did a match. Uh, it was in like a, just a local high school and I was on the outside of the ring with my opponent and I just told him, Hey, give me a back body drop. <laughs> and I just took a back body drop on a hard gymnasium floor and it knocked the wind out of me. And I have not done anything like that since. <laughs> it's like, it's like, once you learn that lesson, you're just like, you know what? I don't, I don't need to do this again. Yeah. Like... <laughs> it's, it sounded like a good idea at the time, but the, uh, the pain that I went through for the lack of reaction I got was not worth it. <laughs> I feel like that's the that's the most important part too, right? Like you just you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like it's all about the reaction, and if a crowd doesn't react the way you want it to react to something that you did, it it's good that you just learn not to do that again in that mm-hmm. spot. <laughs> and you know when fans don't react the way that you want them to, that's when you realize, okay, well, what I'm doing isn't working. I need to think of something else. Yeah, and that. It's funny because, like, I know, like, when I was building up my move set and helping, right? Because, if you know, fun fact for everybody who's been paying attention, uh, like, I've been in for just like maybe just under just under three years, and so I only I really only hit like maybe five or six moves, and I, that's all I really add in my arsenal. People ask me all the time; they're like, "Well, what do you like to do?" I'm like, "Simple things, like you know, a German yeah. suplex, a spine buster, maybe. <laughs> like, if I want to feel crazy, like." maybe a rana somewhere but i'm like otherwise mm-hmm. i don't really want to do like anything like wild because i just like i don't know one i don't want to take crazy bumps because i'm older but two it's like i want to have a if i want to have a productive career and show up the next week at another promotion i'm not gonna do something that could jeopardize me just for that right. just for something that might not work yeah and and that that's a good point because i'm always trying to think of the long term and you know, right now my career is going better than it ever has. And I've been doing this for almost 20 years and, you know, my body is not as strong as it once was, you know, I got many aches and pains, but I'm still trying to think of the long term because I still want to try to make a run with one of the bigger companies if possible. So yeah, like if someone's telling me, oh yeah, we're going to do a, a destroyer from the top rope. I'm like, ah, we're, we're not doing that at all. Like we're not even coming close to that top rope. Um, <laughs> But I, I try to do my best to to work with guys that want to do stuff like that. I, I want to like I, I want them to to you know get their stuff in, so to speak. But at the same time, I want it to be done correctly and done in a smart way. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, uh, one thing that like one of my trainers like would always talk to me about too is that um, like while you're building up your move set, like you always want to figure out like the five characters that your character is going to be kind of based off of. And I'm kind of curious, like. Where's your characters come from? So I guess the primary influence, at least for this iteration of who I am, is Arn Anderson. Um, so I guess, I'll, you know, pull back the curtain here a little bit. Uh, the veteran Jack Vaughn is a relatively new gimmick. I've only been doing this for about two and a half years. Um, prior to that, I had... You know, nothing gimmicks. I, I, when I first started off, I was just kind of like the generic big guy that didn't talk and didn't bump and that sort of thing. And it, you know, it, it was fine for 
I mean, that was great for me when I first started out because I was just learning how to work. But um, when I decided to start over, which is basically what I did, I quit wrestling for a few years. And when I decided to come back, I was starting over. And when I um, when I sat down and I, I thought about this character, I was like, okay, so do I want this to be like a parody of 80s wrestling or do I want to be Arn Anderson? And it really was just like, before I even the thought finished in my head, I was like, oh, I want to be Arn Anderson. Like, I want to be like that, that dude who's like, I want to be the enforcer. You know, I want to, you know, I want to be the guy who, you know, the young guys fear, so to speak. So yeah, Arn Anderson is the big one. Uh, Undertaker is my favorite wrestler of all time. So I, you know, incorporate some stuff of his. Uh, and then I just kind of take bits and pieces here and there. Um, you know, like Rick Rude is a big influence. Macho Man's a big influence. Uh, Kurt Hennig is a big influence. So those are probably uh, the five or so guys that I would say most influenced the veteran. That's awesome, though, because I like to think like all those guys are great influences anyway, just on wrestling itself, like whether it's like storytelling or you're just like wanting to learn how to work. Like those are the guys mm -hmm. I always look up to. I love Macho Man. I loved watching Kurt Hennig uh, even through like his later years when he was in WCW, like he was still mm -hmm. like getting it in and putting all, putting a lot of effort into everything. And I love, I remember watching his promos back when he was like with uh, Randall Cunningham, you know, and he was talking oh, about yeah. the, perfect, <laughs> the perfect one and catching yeah. his own like 80 yard bomb. <laughs> like, he's just, there's so much cool stuff. And, uh, and I've talked about the story a couple of times. What got me into wrestling was actually Jake, the snake Roberts and macho man. Uh, when, you know, macho man got bit, by a cobra that's what brought me into the sport so it's cool to see though when uh so i have to ask this when when you saw that snake biting macho man's arm did you cry like i did i did not because it was the first <laughs> time that i had been introduced to wrestling so i was super okay. confused and i was like yeah. what is happening and my i remember my aunt was like trying to cover my face and mm -hmm. she was like I was like, yo, is this what it's like every time at wrestling? And she's like, no. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, this so, is awesome. <laughs> so that was like, God, I think that was like 91, 92 maybe. Yep. Uh, maybe 90, I can't remember. But like, I was a big Macho Man fan. Um, like, other than Hogan, like Macho Man was my guy. So like, anything bad happened to Macho, like I was, I was devastated. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's what really turned me on over to watching wrestling. And the next thing I know is, like, I started following it, and I kind of fell off. And then I got back into it on, like, WCW Saturday night when mm -hmm. uh, the Lionheart, Chris Jericho, made his debut in WCW. And I was like, I don't know who this guy is, but I'm going to watch him. And right. then uh, I got introduced to Nitro, and then that's when Rey Mysterio, like, became really popular. And I just – that's who became my favorite wrestler of all time was Rey Mysterio. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah so I could definitely – but it's I loved I love watching Arn Anderson because I go back and watch like Arn Anderson stuff from like the eighties mm -hmm. and and early nineties and his work is just impeccable like it's a perfect I got my spine buster from him because I was like I want to do this as good as I can yep. just like he did same <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's why because uh, the I mean the spine buster is one of my few moves I try to incorporate whenever I can and whenever I tell people that I do a spine buster I, spine buster I just tell them yeah I do an Arn spine buster and they understand what I'm saying. <laughs> I tell people so my spine buster is a little different how I end up like holding people up right and then I'll let one of the legs droop down and I'm holding up pretty much like one-handed but then like okay. 
as I go to spine down, like I'll sweep out their back leg just so obviously they're not trying to put it down to brace themselves. But mm-hmm. I sweep it out and slam it. But it was something like I saw it was trying to be a mix between like Arn and uh, and Ron Simmons because I was like, yo, both those guys look so cool when they hit their spine busters and they're so different. Yeah. I was like, so I want to make it my own, but kind of pay homage at the same time. So it's like, sure, you know, you're trying to find your find your route. <laughs> but uh, something I want to hop into. Uh, what's one of the hardest lessons you've had to learn in the sport? Uh, so I guess it's probably a more recent lesson. Um, took me a while to realize, uh, not everyone's going to like what you do. Um, I've, I've learned that lesson uh, a lot recently. Uh, a lot of, there's a lot of people that don't like the stuff that I'm doing right now. Um, but I think it even goes back to, you know, um, a few years ago, back when I was before the veteran was even a thing, you know, I had um, I was I was slowly getting back into wrestling after being off for a few years. I was doing like a couple shows a month, maybe, and uh, there was a a group of fans that would come to every show, and their big criticism of me was that I was boring. And you know, looking back compared to what the veteran is, yeah, what I was doing then was kind of boring, but. You know, you don't want to hear stuff like that. That's why we get so uh, defensive when people criticize us or when they when people criticize like our favorite sports teams because we identify as fans of those teams. Um, and I think that's kind of the reason that I've gotten a lot of pushback from indie fans with the stuff that I'm doing on TikTok is that these people identify as fans of these wrestlers or these companies. So when someone like me comes along and says, hey, your favorite wrestlers and your favorite companies – they're not actually as good as you think. I disagree with how you think about them. And uh, yeah, that's when I, I get a lot of pushback. <laughs> it was something I had to learn. Uh, I don't know. I guess I would say like that was a, that's a really good lesson. One to learn, but two, it was something I learned. It was something I had actually, I had a conversation about it today that um, I got told like a lot of stuff that I do is more gaga. And it's like, well, hmm. I actually can work as well. I just do yeah. this stuff for fun because it's funny to me. And I, if, it pops me like that's cool, and I hear the crowd react to it. So if they're reacting to it, and you just think it's this, I'm like, yo, I mean, it's that's your opinion. I was like, I'm not gonna say mm. it's wrong. I, I can validate it, but at the same time, like if it's getting over with the crowd, like it should be considered successful. So I was like, I don't understand yeah. like why, why it's such a a bad thing to look on. I guess. I, I think um, I don't. I think you know you have to kind of read the room and it depends on the crowd depends on the company. Um, you know, I think Gaga, you know, the, the sort of like Gaga at the beginning of a match can be a good thing. You know, I mean, do whatever is going to get you over, you know, there are certain crowds that they want more interaction, you know, and then there's other, uh, companies that want more of the, you know, work rate style wrestling that people are accustomed to today on the indie scene. But, uh, you know, I mean, I guess my, what I say is, you know, do whatever is going to get you most over because at the end of the day, we're all trying to get over and we're all trying to make more money. So whatever's going to make you that money is kind of the way that I look at it. Yeah. And I do. And I want people to see like, there's kind of like two sides, especially for like red dog himself. Right. Because he is kind of like this guy, like that's who inspires him. Right. To be who he is. And while he is kind of very like showy, like he's also like, it shows that he's also like trying to do the best that he can like work wise. So I don't know. I do understand that aspect of like reading your room and like checking out and making sure that obviously not everybody's in for a comedy gimmick, which is a hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. But I can, 
I can switch the style up and be a more serious if you need me to be. So that's why I'm always like, I, I've done the research on your company. I know where I got to go, what I got to do. <laughs> if this is what you want, this is what you'll get. If you don't like that, cool. We'll change it. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. like I, I posted, I posted a clip recently. Uh, I think it was yesterday of a match I had uh, earlier this year at the Square Circle Expo where I was in the ring with uh, Hornswoggle or Swoggle as it goes by now. And I got some people pushing back on me like, oh, so you're going to trash indie stuff, but this is one of the most indie things I've ever seen. And like, I, can't, I understand what, what they mean, but at the same time, it was a convention show. That crowd wasn't there to see me. They were there to see the stars. Like every match had like a local guy and then like a big name star. Like mm. people wanted to see Hornswoggle do his funny stuff. And they didn't care about what I did. Right. They cared about how I reacted to what Swoggle did. But, like, I'm 6'6", six, six, and, you know, Swoggle's a, a little guy. So how else am I supposed to kind of play that off? Like, the only way to really do that is to incorporate some comedy. And I felt like that is the perfect opportunity. You know, there's a time and a place for everything, and that was the perfect time and place to do some comedy. Yeah, and that's also, and that's also like, an aspect of, like, how we've been talking about is, like, good storytelling, right? Is that there's this... There is Swoggle, who is, like, known for doing comedy kind of shticks, and you're kind of, like, this big, serious wrestler. And then, like, the story really is just, like, the comedy guy, like, getting the best of the serious guy in this aspect. And that's mm-hmm. just – that's a great story to tell. Like, I love that story. And also, I'm the heel. At the end of the day, the, the fans are paying to watch me get beat up if I'm doing my job right. Right. Um, and, like, obviously, um, there's – some suspension of disbelief that has to happen in a situation where it's me and someone like Swoggle, but that's what the people wanted to see. They didn't want to see me, you know, kick him in the face and just beat up a little, a little guy. Like they want, they want to see Swoggle getting over on me. So that's what we gave him. I like that. Uh, what kind of advice would you give to like up and coming wrestlers? Oh, where do I start? Uh, stop slapping your thighs so much. No, I'm kidding. Um, I love that one, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I, the thing that I, I think a lot of r- young wrestlers need to do today is learn the – and I, I kind of touched on it earlier – learn the difference between wrestling and working because working is going to get you a lot further and it's going to save your body. And, you know, like, you know, we talked about some of the crazy bumps that we've taken before. Like, I'm relatively healthy for my age, and that's because I've been smart – with the bumps that I've taken, you know, I haven't done anything crazy. It helps that I'm big enough to where it doesn't make sense for smaller guys to be bumping me around. Um, but you know, learning to work a crowd and learning to work your gimmick more, more importantly, uh, that's going to get you so much further than the amount of moves that you can do in a minute. So just learn the difference between working and wrestling and learn how to work. I like that. I like that a lot. So my last question before we jump into the best segment of the three count podcast is I do need one do and one don't of the locker room. Oh, okay. Uh, Do wash your gear. Uh, And (laughs) I guess the don't. Um, Hmm. Don't. I guess, for lack of a better word, like, don't be the weird guy. Yes. You know, <laughs> like, just be a dude. Like, be, you know, like, 
don't be like just like the the annoying guy you know like I, when i say annoying i don't mean like don't bother me like i love when the young guys come up to me and like ask me to watch their matches and stuff like that but like you know just you know just don't be a weird guy i don't know i really don't know how to articulate it but that's what i'm gonna go with yeah no i 100 percent agree with what you're saying don't yeah. don't be that guy <laughs> i think i think everyone every wrestler who's watching this knows who i'm talking about you know what i mean like they're like oh yeah that guy that's that's the weird guy if you think you're the weird guy chances are guy. you are that guy <laughs> yeah if you're looking, if you're looking around the locker room and you don't see any weird guys you're the weird guy you're that guy <laughs> Bet. Well, listen, those are all my heavy-hitting questions, but we do got to get into the best segment of the Three Count Podcast, and that is the Three Count Podcast 10 Count Questions, and this is how oh. it works, Mr. Vaughn. I'm going to fire off 10 questions at you rapid, fast, and whatever your answer is, that's your answer. Okay, let's do this. So we'll put on the imaginary timer for added pressure. <gasps> Bing! And in the words of Mike Goldberg, here we go. Smackdown or Raw? Raw favorite movie terminator 2 let's go <laughs> have you seen this boy uh android or apple apple favorite cartoon does the simpsons count as a cartoon it 100 counts as a cartoon. okay then the simpsons <laughs> tiktok or instagram instagram uh favorite actor i guess schwarzenegger let's go <laughs> <laughs> all my favorite movies are like his action movies <laughs> Marvel or DC? Marvel. Uh, favorite podcast? Jim Cornette Experience. It's a good one. <laughs> I know a lot of people. A lot of people are going to give me shit in the comments because, like, I I will listen to the Cornette Experience and I'll be like, "Hey, you got to keep some of that stuff at arm's distance." Kind of like our show. You got to keep some of it at arm's distance because. So, like, and I know this kind of uh, ruins the the the, the quick you know, rapid fire questions, but like, you know, anytime that somebody gets, um, has like a dissenting opinion from the indie style of wrestling, they're automatically pigeonholed as being like a Jim Cornette worshiper. And it's definitely yeah. happened to me. And, but the thing is like, you listen to Jim Cornette, like why wouldn't you want to listen to a guy who's done it all? Like 40 something years in the business, managed some of the greatest tag teams of all time has been backstage with all the big companies. Like, you may not like what he has to say, but the guy, you, you know, even if he's a little extreme sometimes, and you know he, sometimes he does just come off as like a bitter old man. But the guy's got a lot of knowledge, so why wouldn't you listen to it, or at, at least respect it and take it in? Maybe you don't agree, but at least evaluate it. Yeah, that's what I always like to tell people. I'm like, listen, like there's always like two sides to a coin, and you can listen to both sides and. You know, you can favor one or the other, or you can just be like, you know, what? I respect both opinions, but I'm going to go ahead and just make my own and go about my own business. Sure. And, you know, I the thing with me is that I've never said that anyone has to dislike the indie style of wrestling. I've never taken a shot at an individual or a company, uh, but I get a lot of people taking shots at me. And it's just like, really all it is, it's just like, yeah, I'm poking fun at indie wrestling, but at the same time, like, you know, that doesn't like, I'm allowed to have a different opinion and like, you can still love, you know, the, the work rate style of wrestling. You can still love all the moves, but I don't have to agree with it. And it's cool if we just, dis if we disagree, you know, it's, you know, that's, what's, that's, what's great. There's so many different styles of wrestling 
And, you know, if that's what you like, that's fine. It's not for me. Yeah, I agree. I agree with it a lot. (laughs) You can still appreciate the art form on either side. Like, I know a lot of people, and I know, like, don't worry. We had two questions left for the 10-count podcast. All right, guys, don't trip. But uh, (laughs) I know, like, one of my favorite things is, right, people ask me all the time, they're like, how do you feel about deathmatch wrestling? I'm like, it's an art. It's not my type. I can appreciate it. But it's not my type of art. But I can definitely, I you know, I appreciate those guys who do that and tell those stories. But I was like, it's not my thing, though, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like, it's it's not for me. I'm I'm glad that they're the ones doing it because I don't want to do it. Um, and the same and the same thing goes for like, you know, indie wrestling. This you know the guys that do a lot of flips and stuff. Like, I will never discredit them for their athletic ability and and their athletic you know their athleticism. It's incredible what guys are able to do. But I I see stuff like that and it just it doesn't interest me because it's more based on a show than the story. Facts. So we'll jump back in with our last two questions of the 10 count podcast or three count podcast, 10 count questions. Number two, uh, nominate one person that you want to see on this show. Jake Oman. Let's go. Yes. And then last but not least, my favorite question to ask every single person who comes on this podcast, favorite curse word. (laughs) Oh, geez. Oh man. I, you know, I don't swear that often, but I, you know, I guess, uh, when I do, I like a good shit. That's a great word to use. I feel like <laughs> I feel like the two big curse words like people need to use in life, right, is shit and fuck. Like those are the only two curse words that are necessary for any aspect of life. Everything else is just those are just bonus words that you could throw out there. But those two are like the mother of all bombs. Like when you throw one of those out, like you know you've messed up. <laughs> I, I feel like, but I feel like uh, with with shit, like with that sh sound, you can really put some stank on it, like. <laughs> Like, shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Well, those are all my heavy-hitting questions. So the last thing I need from you is to let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you. Sure. So I do have a Facebook account. Um, I actually have, like, a normal account and then a fan page. Both are just under Jack Vaughn, and then the fan page is the veteran Jack Vaughn. You can follow either one. Uh, And then Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok now is at VetJackVaughn. There you go. He gave you all of his handles. He told you where you can find him on Facebook so you guys can go check him out. But like every great part of a wrestling match, we got to take it home. Because this is the Three Count Podcast presents Now Into the Ring. And I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. But like every good Sherpa, which I like to think I am, it's never about me, but it's about who's entering the ring. And you see him right there, the vet himself, Jack Vaughn. And so you guys know what to do. Tune in to the next episode and be there, or you're really just following us on all of our social media platforms. You're going out there. You're sharing with your friends. You're talking about it. You're commenting on all of our videos. You're even subscribed to our YouTube channel. You're subscribed to us on Spotify as well as Apple iTunes. You're leaving all those great reviews. We love all that stuff. You're doing all that stuff and even buying our merch or you're really just kind of waiting for this episode to end. You're waiting for the outro. And then you're choosing another episode to listen to. Peace. What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there, find us at the Three Count underscore pod, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the Three Count Pod. 
Give us a like, give us a follow, leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to youtube.com, give subscribe, turn the bell on, turn on notifications, leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the three count podcast and in there you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also one thing I need you to do for me, the three count podcast also has merchandise. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So show us some support, please.